goodness. What a treat it is to be able, oof. When they have to put me on mic, man, that is a good day in the church. I could normally just yell, but they decide to mic me up and then have to mess with all the controls to make sure that I'm tuned down. Hello, everyone. It is so, happy Baptism Sunday. Yay. It is such a joy and a delight to be with all of you guys this morning here in the room and online. Like, how amazing that we are getting to, like, talk across the city today. What a treat. Um, Again, if you don't know me, my name is Ashley. I lead the youth work here at Grace Church. I am a home group leader on the best night of the week, Wednesday nights. Yes, my home group leader, my co-leaders in the room. Um, <laughs> and I would say that I'm probably categorized as the loud American on staff here at Grace Church. I bring music into meetings. I just bring myself into meetings. And it's just a lot of energy. But I love it. And yeah, I just love being a part of Grace Church here on a on a baptism Sunday. I know that it looks different, but it is so exciting still in the room. Like, it's almost like, I know it looks different, but it's almost like nothing has changed. There's still such celebration. There's excitement. There's noise. We've been clapping. We've been singing along. And guys, for those of you who got baptized, I'm looking all around for you all. Um, It is such a treat to be able to celebrate you guys on this baptism day, but mainly to celebrate what God has done, what Jesus has done for you all today. Wow, I'm just over the moon. The main thing that I want to talk about this morning is the, the word that came to mind to me like every single time that I was thinking about talking this morning was the word celebration. I know I've said it probably loads this morning already, but I'm going to keep saying it, get ready to hear it a billion more times. The celebration of God is what rings true for me. And I think what we can say is rings true for us this morning. There's just the heartbeat of celebration in baptisms. And I do believe that it comes because God is a God of celebration. And then this got me thinking for a second, like, well, what is it that, like, I celebrate or what do maybe we celebrate? And the first thing that came to mind were people. We love to celebrate people. Birthdays. Birthdays are a pretty good time to celebrate. They're, they're, you know, another trip around the sun. You've made it. Congratulations. In, in the house that I live in, we take birthdays very seriously. We have birthday managers. So we make sure that somebody knows that the food we're going to be eating, the presents that will be got, and the, the event to occur. I would say one year I took my birthday manager responsibilities pretty heavily. I uh, became Mary Berry for the day. I decided that I was going to make, for the first time ever, a three-tiered coconut and carrot strawberry mascarpone buttercream like iced cake. I've never made a cake like that before. And I was like, I'm going to do it for the sake of celebration. I'm not going to lie. It turned out to be one of the best cakes. I will. I don't think I'll ever make a cake like it again. Thank you, Ez. Yes. Um, we, we love to celebrate people. We celebrate through weddings, two people, single people that come together as one couple. It's an amazing time where you get to like party and dance and have a great time celebrating that couple. Sports teams. I recognize that some people do tend to celebrate sports. That would not be me. (laughs) I love sports. I think they're fun, but I have no team that I actually like hold strong to, except for the U.S. men's ice curling team. Every Winter Olympics, I lose my mind and just hope they go for gold again. But I do realize I live in England. So football, I'd say it's a pretty big deal over here. Seems like rugby also. Let's not forget rugby or cricket. 
there's a, there's a, so many different sports teams that we celebrate when they make it to the like billion cups that they can get into and all that fun stuff. I also think we celebrate things just as small as like food. I mean, how many of you all have been in that moment where you've gone to a nice restaurant and you've done that like awkward thing where you take your phone out and you do this like whole thing where you lean back and you take a picture of that amazing meal that either you're eating or that you prepared to make sure to send out either to your Insta followers or to, you know, your favorite group chat. We love to even celebrate the food. We celebrate good news, don't we? Babies being born. We love to celebrate when a baby comes into the world. We love to celebrate job promotions or even like doing really good on an exam. Like I'd say it were an assignment. You love to celebrate those things. We are people of celebration. And I don't think that is, that is uncommon because I believe we're created by a God of celebration. So what I'm going to do, I want to walk us through just a couple ways that we see God being a God of celebration throughout the Bible. And what I'd love to start in is the very first book of the Bible. We got Genesis, the, the number one in the Bible. Um, and God has created heaven and earth and animals and everything in the sea. There are still animals. And we've got the, um, and the man and woman are created. And God says, it is very good. And I don't know about you, but the last time I said something was very good, I wasn't like, it was very good. I was like, it is very good. It's like already from the start, we have the first line of celebration right at the beginning of the Bible. It is very good. And then we see as we move on through the Bible, we have feasts and festivals that God has instituted to celebrate what he has done. So we've got feasts where people gather together. And I imagine if Instagram was back in the day, they would have been taking pictures all around of how good looking these feasts were. And we had festivals that we just got to, to come together and like sing and dance and celebrate all that God has done for us. Um, so those are the feasts and festivals that were instituted by God. And then we just have Psalms. I don't know if you've seen in the Bible, but there's just like this massive book right in the middle that has songs and poems that are just like all over. They really cover all of human emotion, but they, they really do settle into a sweet space with celebration, with praise to God. And it's so good. And then if we just move a little bit further through the Bible, we have the latter part of the Bible called the New Testament. And Jesus, God made man, celebrates. There is a great story of celebration that I think also really relates to us because I think we can relate to, hopefully some of you all have been to a wedding before. Jesus also went to a wedding. He went with a bunch of his friends and his mom because that's, that's the way you can go to a wedding. Um, so we're going to look at John chapter two and I'm going to just set the stage a little bit for where we're at in this. What had happened is Jesus shows up to this wedding, turns out that they're like probably on day two or three of a seven-day wedding. I rec recognize that maybe not everybody's been to a seven-day wedding, but it does, it did happen back in the day. And this is the second, third day. There was no um, wine left. It was, it had run out and the, the water was all that was left. And in, in those times, it wasn't just like, oh, that stinks. Like the wine's gone, rats. It was like super embarrassing um, there was, there was like this sense of a uh, shame that would have come across this family had they run out of the choice drink wine. So we're jumping in here. They, they've just realized that this is running out and this is how Jesus comes into the story. So we're going to start in verse six. So John two, verse six. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification. This would have been like the cleansing of the feet, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. 
When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This is the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee. I, I just like so much in this story that we see that Jesus not just comes into this party, comes into this celebration being like, I'm just going to hang out here. He makes a choice to actually make this wedding, this feast, this celebration better. He saw a need and he came to fill it. There was embarrassment that actually turned into like honor beyond belief. That Not just the good wine was given, but the best wine towards the end of this wedding feast. Jesus knew that these people weren't going to walk in shame any longer. They were going to walk in newness of, of joy and celebration through this wedding. And I, I recognize that maybe some in the room this morning might have like an impression of Jesus. I would say it maybe came from like gothic art times. That's the only time I can think of, but where Jesus kind of is like somber and like a real spoil sport. Like he's just here to ruin the fun. And I hope you hear in this story, that's the exact opposite. And it's so not true. Like Jesus is not a spoil sport. He's not the one to ruin the party. He's the one to make the party even better than it was before. And yeah, I just, I think that we see even as Jesus showed up at this wedding, we see that he, he didn't just like bring freshness to the party. He just like brought the whole party. Like there wasn't, there was some things missing before and Jesus brought in all of it. We, now we're back to, to kind of where, where we see God celebrating. I do believe that God is a God of celebration today, not just in what we read in the Bible, even though it's so there. God is a God of celebration, even in this moment, in this, in this morning that we've had together celebrating baptism. Lydia uh, had mentioned, I'm like, where's Lydia? Lydia had mentioned in her testimony about how the angels are singing, singing along um, with us this morning. They're celebrating with us. And that actually comes from a passage in the Bible as well, still in the New Testament. It's Luke chapter 15, verse 10. Um, and that, that passage of scripture is real short, but it just says, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of God over one sinner who repents. And I love that this, this, this passage of scripture says over one sinner who repents. And we've got three people that we baptized today. Can you imagine the celebration for just a second? Like, it's going to be pretty intense. But okay, maybe you're like, I, Ashley, I, like a, I don't know how to imagine that. I'm going to give us a little bit of a picture. How does the picture sound? Go to 2018. I recognize that feels like 40 years ago. But it was only just a few. 2018, particularly the summer of 2018, some of you might already, like, ears are up and you're like, I know what she's going to say. It was the World Cup. Yes, it was the World Cup. I, like I said, I, didn't, I don't care much for sports teams, but I've never cared more for anything than the England men's team bringing it home that year. I just remember walking outside and I felt like there was, like, the low rumble every morning during the World Cup of, like, it's coming home. And I was like, it's coming home. I was like, home to where? I'm from America. But I felt like it was coming home. But I remember that, like, honestly, the country had, like, just an energy during those couple weeks where every win, it just felt like the, the whole country, like, erupted. I remember Old Market Square, like, every pub was filled to the brim and people were, like, losing their minds, crashing cars after wins. Or not crashing cars, but, like, smashing cars. 
don't do that when you, when you win something. I don't think that goes well. Or um, the University of Nottingham, like they, they turned like the whole backside of one of their buildings into a big screen and people sat outside and just got to celebrate. And like every time that the U.S. Men, or not the U.S. men team, every time the English men's team won, it was just like people went crazy and like Old Market Square filled with people and people were running around and like so excited. I believe that that is just like a party popper. One of those little things you get at Poundland in comparison with what the heaven, heaven celebration is for each one of you guys who got baptized today. It is so much bigger and grander. It's, it's not a party popper. It is like every, everything that you can imagine, the confetti cannon of celebrations that, that, that is going on in heaven. And I believe it's not just the angels that are celebrating. I think they're celebrating because of who they see celebrating. God is celebrating these baptisms this morning and Jesus is right there with them. Now, I, I don't want you to hear, hear me wrong. I don't think that the, the largeness of the celebration, the extent of the celebration is the most important part. I truly do believe that the most important part of these baptisms, of those celebrations, is who we are celebrating. And who we're celebrating is Jesus. It's God c- come to earth as man, meeting us on our human level, and doing essentially what he did at the wedding in Cana. He's coming to make the party a whole lot better. He's coming to make this life that we live so much better. He saw that the relationship with with God wasn't exactly as it should be. It was a bit like water two days into a seven-day wedding. And he said, I'm going to change that and actually make that relationship the best wine and make it the closest that it can be. And that's what he did for us. He turned our life into, our life is kind of a representation of the wedding at Cana. It turned it into the best celebration, and it's with him. We've heard this morning about all the different ways that Jesus has transformed lives. I love hearing Eve's story that after, you know, decades of trying to figure out why she felt lost, there was, there was just the Jesus of Nazareth ready to say that it's going to be different. Life's going to be even better than it was before. I want to say it again because I think it's important to repeat. Jesus isn't a spoil sport. He's not out to ruin your celebration. He's not out to ruin your life. He's out to make it so, so much better. And you might be thinking this morning, Ashley, I don't think I have an invitation to that party. That party, the one that you're talking about sounds like my invitation got lost in the post. It's It's in somebody else's postcode now or I'm, I'm not qualified enough to get this invitation because of X, Y, or Z. And I just, whatever your excuse is this morning for thinking that you don't have the invitation to the, the celebration of being with Christ, it's not true. There is no lost invitation. There is no missing your name. It hasn't been misspelled and is going to somebody else's home. The invitation is right here this morning. The invitation has your name on it in like the best letters you can imagine, and it's here for you. Some of you might be like, Ash, because we're friends now, like, Ash, I've got questions about all this celebrating, this Jesus, God, all these things. We just heard in the notices, there's a really great course. It's called Alpha. It's starting on Tuesday. It's online, absolutely easy to, to get plugged into. And you can come with those questions and, and, and ask those, have a bit of discussion around them, maybe get a better, better picture of what it, who Jesus is, what it looks like to be a part of this celebration. I'm, I just want to close out again. I'm going to say it. Third time is a charm. Jesus is not a spoil sport. Jesus is so ready for you all 
to celebrate alongside the angels, to celebrate alongside God in what he's done for us. And like I said, the invitation is here. It's just waiting for your response. Um, I'm going to have the band come up, and I'm going to have all of us stand in the room. You can stand at, online or at home as well. Um, and what we're just going to do is we're going to respond to that invitation. This morning has been filled with such celebration that I don't want to miss the opportunity to continue this. But like I said, the invitation is waiting. So if this morning you're, you're coming in going like, Ash, I, I do want to respond, I just ask that you talk to God, that you just say, hey, Jesus, I, I, I see that invitation has my name on it, and I want to respond. And some of you in the room are, are, have already accepted that invitation, which is so amazing. And I just want you to, to maybe just take a second today and think about the crazy celebration in heaven going on right now, the absolutely jubilant, the most exciting celebration. And let's join in with that. Let's not just let it sit and be like, yeah, I don't know, like a party popper. Let's turn it into a confetti cannon of celebration to join alongside what we're doing this morning. It is such a joy to celebrate you, Jesus. So I'm just gonna pray for us and then let's just sing. Yeah, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you have done for us in bringing Jesus into our lives, Lord. You aren't a spoil sport. You are a God of celebration. And so this morning, Lord, we accept again, or we accept for the first time, that it is such a, such a joy to be a part of that celebration. Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you've done with us this morning. We ask that you would just, yeah, flood this space with your celebration, with your joy. We love you so much, and it's in your name. Amen.